Feeling better? Looking better. Making life better. It's Life Tips. Life We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to Life Tips Show, everyone. Byron here with Alan. Alan, welcome. Thanks, Byron. Great to be here. You've been busy since we spoke last. Congratulations on your new book, People Tools for Love and Relationships. I'm sure the monster success of People Tools for Business propelled you into thinking about, apparently, love, life, and relationships. Thanks for that. Well, absolutely. You know, I think that the most important thing is the relationships we have in life, and that's what this uh, this book helps people to do a better job. I'm curious. Do you see overlap between business and love and relationships? Absolutely. I think business is largely a matter of relationships, whether it's with your your boss, your coworkers, your customers. So relationships are the key in life to, to being successful, whether it's in business or even more important in your personal life. You you have had a very colorful life yourself. What influences of your personal life went into this second book you wrote? Well, I think frankly, making mistakes. I always learn more from my mistakes than my successes, and as you point out, you know, I've been married three times, first time for 10 years, second time for five years, and my present marriage for almost 35 years, so maybe I'm getting it better, and this book is really what I've learned along the way and how to do relationships much better than I did when I was 20 or 30 years old. Why is it that we're going to keep changing other people to make our relationships better? What's your theory on that? Ah, Byron, that is the number one question. And I think the the answer is this. We all grow up, and I know I did, with the idea that you grow up, you fall in love, you get married, and live happily ever after. And so if you don't live happily ever after, well, the problem is obvious. You picked the wrong person. So get rid of spouse number one and go on and get somebody else. And after two marriages that didn't work out, I thought, you know, maybe I'm doing something wrong. So I I think that it's up to you. The first chapter of People Tools for Love and Relationships is entitled, It's Up to You. And that's good news and bad news. It's up to you to make your relationships work. That's the good news. And it's also the bad news. It's up to you and not relying on your partner to be the perfect person because the perfect person doesn't exist. Is it a bigger mistake to ignore the person you're having a problem with in your relationship or to battle with them and try to find a middle ground? Well, I think in any relationship, compromise is necessary. None of us is going to get everything we want all the time. It won't happen. So you have to be able to compromise. And I think the communication uh, of what you want and and especially what you like, you know, give give appreciation when you get what you want uh, is very, very important. But compromise is always, uh, always necessary. Tell me about overanalyzing a problem with your relationship you're having or what I call analysis paralysis, a common phrase we've all heard. (laughs) Well, you know, my uh, previous book, uh, People Tools, I, I talked about that sort of thing. Uh, I call it the belt buckle, and I have a chapter, Belt Buckle Revisited, and People Tools for Love and Relationships. And the point of it is that we believe what people do, not what they say. I have a friend, uh, and we have lunch, and uh, he says, you know, he'll be on time, and he's always late. Well, his belt buckle is he's late. So in a relationship, talking is important. 
but your actions are more important. And if you say, you know, this behavior is unacceptable, and you said that for the last 20 years, you're, you're not likely to get much change uh, beyond what you've gotten already. Hmm. I want to understand the belt buckle a little bit more because I, I I have a fascination with belts these days. I keep people keep giving me belts for some reason. So I'm not sure why. <laughs> Is that a bad sign? First of all, but tell me the belt buckle uh, metaphor you have here. Absolutely. Well, years ago I read a sports article, and the writer was interviewing an all-American defensive college football player, and he said, "You know what." What's the secret? How do you tackle the great runners? And the defensive All-American said, look, great runners can fake with their head, they can fake with their eyes, they can fake with their shoulders. They can't fake with their belt buckle. So I just watched their belt buckle. I took that as an analogy to watch what people, including me, what I do, rather than what I say. If I go to a buffet restaurant, I can say, you know, well, this time I'll only have one plate and I'm going to just take it easy. Well, my belt buckle seems to go back to the buffet three or four times. So I know that I better avoid buffet restaurants if I want to, you know, maintain my weight properly. So the belt buckle is what you do as opposed to what you say. Hmm. Beautiful. Tell me about changing habits. How difficult is it for us to change habits once we become aware of putting people tools to work? Well, you know, there's a saying that a habit is first a cobweb, then a cord, then a cable, meaning after a habit is pretty well established, um, it can be difficult to change. And I think you have to get at the heart of it. And for me, for example, I've always been overweight. I weighed three years ago as much as 278 pounds. Today I weigh 205 and, and I'm going to stay there. So I changed the habit of a lifetime, but you have to pay attention and you have to really do it and not just talk about it. Do you have a thought on, let's say, an understanding that you are not doing the right things at the right time to make your significant other happy? You understand your weaknesses, that you're grumpy all the time, or you bring your work into your personal life, or some other things like this. When you, when you can recognize your own problem, you know, how hard is it to change? Why can't we change? We see it right in front of us. We see what we're doing wrong. We talk about it with somebody else like you, but why is it so difficult to make that change? What, what's the programming problem in our brain? The programming problem, Byron, is this. We all assume that the way we grew up is the only way to live. For example, for my first wife, when we, were, we met when we were 16, I invited her to my home for dinner, and she was appalled because at my home, we didn't use paper napkins. We used a, a towel, a kitchen towel, and passed that around the dinner table, and everybody wipes their lips or whatever. And I was 16, 17. I thought, what? Doesn't everybody do that? And, you know, my future wife was absolutely appalled because, no, that's not the way most people do it. And so we make this assumption. And it's like a, a fish swimming in water. You know, the fish doesn't know it's water. So we assume that our environment is the only way to do it. And I think we have to open our eyes to the fact that our partner grew up in a different situation and has some different values, and you have to account for the differences. Hmm. I want to ask you a difficult question to even ask, and that's this concept of rewarding someone's great behavior, right? It seems to me that we don't do a lot of that these days. We don't 
thank somebody for being so nice and special and inquisitive and caring and loving and passionate about about uh, about ourselves, uh, even uh, going beyond themselves to be passionate about ourselves. We don't reward that. We just take it for granted. We just absorb it, and we don't be thankful for it. Do you agree with that premise, and is that a real problem when it comes to developing good habits? Why are we rewarding good habits? Well, I think that's a serious problem. I have one chapter, Catch Them Being Better. You know, if if my wife is, is not doing something the way I want it, and then she does it, finally she does it. After I've asked her ten times, my tendency is to say, well, it's about time. Well, that's just wrong. You know, you should catch other people being good, and when they do what you want, praise the heck out of them. Now, that may seem counterintuitive, and you know, even to me it does, but I hold my tongue. I say, darling, that is terrific. I really appreciate it. If you start doing that in relationships, you will encourage your partner to do what you what you like. And it's important to let go of your anger about having not been, not doing it the way you wanted to for you know five or ten or twenty or thirty years. When they do, catch them being good. I think that's super important. It's also important with uh, with children. I, I love your chapter on put it in writing and talking about your 100-year-old father. <laughs> it, it says, quote, I have an excellent memory as long as I write it down. That's, that's exactly what he tells me, and he's absolutely right. When he writes it down appointments that uh, we go out together, he remembers it every single time. Tell me, tell me about the importance of writing things down. There's a lot going on, I think, in this chapter, not just that. And you're not taking the legal angle, legal angle of prenuptial agreements here. But t- tell us what you mean w- w- in the chapter, what your, what your aim was. Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, it's a very touchy issue, uh, like the prenup agreements. And uh, in California, we, we, where I live, we tend to be uh, pretty litigious. And uh, in terms of, of marriage... You're signing a property settlement agreement, whether you know it or not. When you get married, the laws of the state in which you're married will apply. And my position is you should have a clear understanding about money and about what happens just in case. <clears throat> uh, my wife and I have a prenup, which is you know, 35 years old. It's in my safe somewhere. I haven't looked at it in 35 years. But it's important to have your understanding in writing so that you both have the same expectation. And I think, you know, having a, the same expectation is, is, is very important all the time. I love your chapter, Mind Reading. If you love me, I, I wouldn't have to ask. But I've got a good c- dilemma for you on this one that relates to the chapter. You talk about the importance of, you know, if I had to ask you for something, then I would sort of assume that you don't really know me that well. And, and if, you had, if we had a deep relationship, it would be different. So here's the situation. Tell me how you would play this out, how people tools would, would have you play this out. Next Friday, matter of fact, my wife has an anniversary at her workplace. She's actually been there 20 years, if you can believe it. She runs uh, global sales for a very large company, has an amazing job. And so I coincidentally got invited to play golf at a country club that is kind of a one in a kind opportunity where they transform 27 of their holes into an 18-hole course that's been played for the U.S. Open and the Ryder Cup. It's a really uh, incredible opportunity. So... As we began talking with them, we were like, oh, what do you want to do? You know, what should we do for my anniversary? I was like, well, you know, I had this golf opportunity, so what, should I go to the opportunity? I call that a standstill, right, where someone has to lose, <laughs> right? There's no win-win here. How do we handle those situations? And 
Ah. My, my interesting question is, is it how we handle those situations that is most important, not necessarily who wins and who loses? I think you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's how you deal with it. In other words, if you say to your wife, honey, I'm going to the golf tournament and I don't really care about your 20th anniversary, she's going to be upset. If you say, honey, I, you know, I got a way to extend to celebrate your 20th anniversary. Because this golf tournament is one time, it's on that day only, and it's really important to me. And we can celebrate your anniversary the day before, the day after. So you offer a substitute, which, you know, like people say to me, gee, I can't be there on your birthday. I say, well, fine. I mean, you know, let's go out to dinner a week later. I, I'd love to celebrate my birthday for three weeks. No problem. And you have to make it appealing. You have to appeal to the other person's self-interest and, and show them the advantage to them of doing what you would like them to do. Let's say hypothetically that I tried that system and it was reviewed with, well, you don't love me. You're choosing golf over me. I must not be that important. Let's say that was her feeling. Whereas my feeling would be, well, wait a second. You know, we can celebrate your celebration, you know, your anniversary anytime. It doesn't have to be on that actual day, even though it is the actual day. Um, it happens to be the day before Labor Day weekend, right? So, you know, you know, I call that a standstill. I, I you know, I still think there's there's going to be some resentment harbored, even though I extend the offer to celebrate another day. I think you need reverse psychology here. I think you have to come out of this. I think you have to come out of this with, you know, honey, it would be really great to play golf, but I think it's it's probably, using that word, probably more important for me to, to be with you. And then see what her reaction is, right? And see if she is harboring any guilt with that. So give in. What's your take on that? Sort of like give in to that and then let her be rest with some, you know, guilt and, you know, do you then labor in the guilt? Maybe uh, the next day it's like, gosh, I'm really, uh, you know, I, I hear some pictures of the golf course or something that we would play or I got to, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? What's your take on that? Well, I would, I would say this. One idea I have is following. I would say, look, the sculpture, well, first of all, relationships have got to be perceived as approximately equal by both people most of the time. In other words, that you're you're getting as much as you're giving. If right. it gets unbalanced, it's really not going to be a good relationship. But here, I sometimes will say, honey, it's really important to me, and I know it's something that you don't like. What can I do in order to make it okay with you? And if her answer is, look, you got to go to my anniversary party and you can't do the golf, then I have a decision to make. And if I feel that she always gives ultimatums and never compromises, then I have to think seriously about the relationship or give an ultimatum myself that I'm going. And I'm sorry that you interpret it that way because it doesn't mean that I'm not paying attention to you. And, uh, you know, but you're, when you get into the emotional domain, it's not rational. And you have to really uh, understand that and know your partner well enough to know what will be acceptable and what won't. Hmm. On a different subject, cuddles. I love this chapter. It's so fun. And it's got some great data to it. It might explain a lot of problems with a lot of people, to be honest. Tell us a little bit about your research there and what you found with, with children that were deprived of, of uh, close physical contact and what, what that meant to them. Yes, I think you know, that's really pretty well known. And children who grow up without much uh, touch or, or even being cuddled as, as infants, you know, a few months old, 
grow up with a relative inability to connect with others. And I think as human beings, we all need physical touch. And in my family, we, we hug a lot, we touch each other when we're talking. And, and I want to be clear, this is not a sexual thing, it's just a physical thing. And I think some people associate physical touching with, with sexuality, and that is not necessarily the case. So I think it's important in every relationship uh, to cuddle and, you know, like my wife and I love to cuddle as we fall asleep at night. It's a really a very wonderful way to, uh, to, to end the day. Do you think men hugging one another is, is something that's now in and acceptable? I love your paraphrase of Freud, by the way. A hug is a hug. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm seeing that more with men. I mean, I hug a lot of my guy friends that I haven't seen in a long time, and I'm excited to see them. And What are your thoughts on that? Yes, I, I think it's just as acceptable to hug um, for a man to hug a man as a man hugging a woman or a woman hugging a woman. I, I don't think that's... Uh, any difference, and I know that some men are uncomfortable with that, and uh, so if I've just met someone and they stick up their hand and they don't want to hug, then um, I will just shake their hand, but I'll always, uh, you know, come toward them uh, with my hands as if I want to hug them and let them hug me if they want to or not if they don't want to, and I think many people are uncomfortable with that, but I think it's a very good idea. Let's take a station break, everybody. Back with some more people, tools, and betterment concepts and ideas. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. 
Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. We're back with Alan. So much fun to have you in the show here today, Alan. Well, thank you. I love your five kinds of I'm sorry. By the way, I think that there are probably a hundred kinds of I'm sorry, just so you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but walk us through your, your five, or at least a few of them. Absolutely. You know, I really think it's important to, to, to say genuinely I'm sorry. And I think we all have to do that. But, you know, there are good ways to do it, and there are very ineffective ways. So, um, And I, I agree with you. There probably are a 100, but I took five. And the first one is, I'm sorry you chose to respond so badly to what I said. Well, that's not on I'm sorry. That's blaming the other person for doing something wrong. Yeah. Uh, a little bit better is, I'm sorry you're upset, and uh, it acknowledges that you know, maybe you have a little regret. But, you know, the best way to say I'm sorry is just to say, I'm sorry. Because whatever follows that is likely to detract. So if my wife or anyone I have a relationship with is upset with me, my first reaction is to say, I'm sorry. And usually, they feel a lot better. And uh, don't don't go with the, the phony, I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Uh, well, that's saying you're still wrong. So let them, let them win. Let them win that one. Just say, I'm sorry. And... It was kind of like like putting out a, a brush fire. Uh, when the fire starts, you can take a, a a cup of water and put it out. But after the fire gets started and going, it's gonna gonna take you know a thousand firefighters and burn down two square miles. So say I'm sorry, say it genuinely, and and say it quickly before it gets out of control. Don't you agree that you cannot rescind a feeling that somebody has? You can't take that away from them. That's true. I, I, yes, you have to acknowledge that there, we, we respond differently. And I might respond, you know, my wife might be upset, and that's something which wouldn't bother me at all. But that doesn't mean she's not upset. And um, I remember a friend of mine, years ago, we had a five-year-old son who was hurt, and we were on the way to the emergency room. And the, the, the child was crying, and the father said, you're not hurt, tell me you're not hurt. Well, you know, he was so upset, he was not acknowledging his son's fear and pain, and I think that you have to acknowledge it and be comfortable doing that. You have a great chapter. Yes is the best word. Why is yes so important? Yes is a validation, and in one of my relationships, you know, sometimes we feel that we'll get trapped. So in other words, uh, I decided years ago, if anybody ever says to me, will you do me a favor, my answer is yes. And you know something? They've never, ever, no one has ever asked me for something I wasn't willing to do. So if I go home and I say, honey, some friends have invited us to dinner on Saturday night, I want her to say yes, that would be great. And it's not a commitment. In other words, my wife would say, yes, I'd love to. Oh, but wait a minute, we, we have something else on, on Saturday night. So you can give a real answer later. One relationship I had, my, my partner always said no. And then I had to talk them into it. And by the time they said yes, I was upset. 
because they weren't validating me. They weren't acknowledging me. And try saying yes a lot in your relationships and see what happens. And I think you'll be delighted with the result. One of the things that I've learned in my journey of life is the power of questions. Obviously, I interview a lot of people, and I'm very inquisitive. But can you talk for a second about what you've observed and how how some of your chapters may apply to the power of of inquisition and showing you care about people's thoughts and feelings and how you need to, by default, apply that in any relationship you have? Absolutely. Well, in People Tools for Love and Relationships, I have a chapter, It's Okay to Ask. And I grew up with a father who hated to say no. So if, as his son, I asked for something and he, he wasn't going to give it to me, he got so angry. I mean, he just exploded, and, and I learned, you know, just don't ask. And I used to do the same thing when my family, children asked for something, and I had to say no. I just got angry at them, and they, they, I, I taught them to just avoid me. And I had to train myself as an adult, it's okay to ask. And if someone attacks me for asking, I'm saying, wait a minute, it's okay if you say no. But it is absolutely okay for me to ask. Otherwise, how are you going to know what I want? So don't stuff your feelings and don't be afraid to ask. And stand up for yourself. It is okay to ask. And you as a journalist, I mean, obviously, people you interview are going to say to you, how dare you ask that question? Or if they do, maybe it's something you really want the answer to. What does the word grateful mean to you when it comes to love and relationships? I think I would equate grateful, uh, Brian, with... Uh, appreciation. It really says, I, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate what, what you did for me. And uh, it's important to acknowledge others and, and, and give them credit when they do something you like. It's, uh, again, that's catching them being good. Do you think if people are not grateful, there are significant problems in, in the marriage that are moving in the wrong direction? Is grateful something that's core in your mind? I think it's absolutely essential. And if it's not expressed, mm-hmm. you know, I sometimes say to my wife, I did this for you, and you don't seem to, you know, really care. She said, no, no, I love it. And I'll say, well, if you don't tell me, how do I know? So you have to express your appreciation or your gratitude. Otherwise, your partner is not going to know. Your chapter on yes is great. How does no play into things? Well, I think to avoid being swallowed up in a relationship and this can be a very tough one you have to be willing to say no because if it's something that is unacceptable to you then you gotta say no and again you don't have to get angry you don't have to make the other person wrong or bad for asking but all you have to say is no I'm I'm just not comfortable with that and try to avoid justifying yourself you know different people like different foods and you know, if you ask me uh, if I'd like to eat some raw oysters, I'm going to say no, because I, I, I don't want to do that. And I don't have to justify it. That's something I don't like. My father loves oysters. He's got 18 at a time. That's fine. That's up to him. So saying no doesn't mean you're saying the person is, is wrong or bad. It's just saying that you have a preference, and your preference here is no. Do we need relationships to find out who we are? Well, it's, it's, it's one good way, and the way I can tell, and you know, it's not the way you are that's important, it's the way you are perceived, and so I used to, for example, come to the office and, you know, I was thoughtful, I was thinking about something, and I kind of had a small frown on my face, and everybody thought I was upset and talked about me all day, 
So it's how I'm perceived. And when I come to the office now, I put on a smile. I always walk in with a smile, which, by the way, research indicates that when you have a smile, you start to feel better. It creates more endorphins, endorphins in the brain, and, um, and you feel happier when you're smiling. If there's one chapter that you would have people read several dozen times in your book, what chapter would that be? Um, I think it's put on your own oxygen mask first. Mm-hmm. You know, when you fly on an airplane, they always give you the speech about, uh, you know, if there's another problem and the oxygen mask comes down. And I think too often we, we, we do for others and we do and we do and we do and we just get burned out on the relationship or on life. So I think it's important to keep in mind that it's not selfish. I think it's uh, really helpful to a relationship to take care of yourself first so that you will have emotional energy and time to help take care of your partner or others that you have a relationship with. Alan, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Really fantastic to have you back. Okay. My pleasure, Byron. It's been a treat. I have two final questions for you. Who would you like to get a hold of you, and how can they get a hold of you? Okay, they can get a hold of me at my website, peopletoolsbook.com. That's peopletoolsbook.com. Subscribe to my blog, which is free and comes out every Tuesday. And you can buy uh, any of the People Tools book, notably uh, including People Tools for Love and Relationships, uh, online. And it's also available in bookstores. Fantastic. And what what kind of people, who would you like to hear from, I'm curious? And, and, you know, what what gives you great, immense pleasure to, 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 to correspond with people about? I, I love hearing from readers. Um, uh, I've talked to many. Uh, they email me and, and tell me their stories about how they use people tools and uh, and how it's working for them. And I, I I like to hear success stories and or answer specific questions on, on what you can do to have a better relationship, either in business or uh, certainly personal relationships. Do you have any more people tools books in the back of your mind? Uh, Byron, absolutely. Uh, the one in the back of my mind now is People Tools for Parenting. So I think, uh, you know, we all uh, can, can learn how to do that uh, better. So that, I think that'll be the next one in a year or two. And I'm hoping you're going to come out with People Tools for Golf. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there uh, you probably have to relax and take what happens. That's a very, very tough and frustrating game. <laughs> well, once again, Alan, pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for coming back, and we'll look forward to having you on the show anytime in the future. Okay, thanks, Brian. Bye. You bet. Take care. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.